0: What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Midday with Trey and BK live on the Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube channel and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Thursday, September 28th, 2023. 20 Trey and I will have you until one o'clock. Of course, Chip and Zay from one to three, and then Longhorn Misfits with Trey and KD a little bit later this afternoon. From 3 to 5. Plenty to get into on today's show. We'll talk some Texas and Kansas. We'll preview tonight's Thursday night football game in the NFL. A little baseball conversation. A little NBA conversation off the foot of the big-time trade that went down in the association yesterday. And, uh Trey, you told me this before the show. You got a bone to pick with people a little bit later during where we're at in society. Do I have that right?
1: There is another... Type of human, BK, that unfortunately needs to draw my ire after an unintended incident last night. I'm not going to share the details with this individual. What I will tell you is that last night I went and covered Fantastic Fest for the very first time. It's a lesser known but still very popular festival here in Austin that celebrates the horror movie genre. I don't mind horrors. There are some good horrors over time. It's not something I seek out in a theater experience necessarily. But last night at the uh, South Lamar Alamo Draft House, I got to see the world premiere of the new Saw movie. Saw X is what it's called. They have 10 of these things now.
0: There's another Saw?
1: It is a popular franchise. Now, I have to admit, I had not seen a Saw CS-S-S-S, yeah, there we go. Uh, since the original in the theater back in 2004, I thought the movie was hilarious, but I'm not somebody who's just going to go see movies like that play out over and over again. I've maybe seen one of the fastest and furiousest movies, but uh, this movie last night was entertaining and it made me realize that horror movies for me at 45 are a lot like roller coasters. I enjoyed them quite a bit more 15, 20 years ago. And I, I just don't have that bloodlust that uh, existed way back when, just like with roller coasters. I feel like I am on the verge of dying whenever I'm on a roller coaster with my kids now.
0: <laughs> uh, so jigsaw's still alive, huh?
1: Who's Jigsaw? <laughs> the dude in Saul? The white, the guy, the old guy with the white hair. Okay. Yes. He is still alive. Are right, you paying attention during this movie? I feel like I didn't hear the name Jigsaw. They were using his real name the entire time. Maybe that's part of the problem. But it was still infused with humor like Saw enjoys doing. And just an insane amount of gore. An insane amount of gore. Heads getting cut off and legs getting sawed off to extract marrow. Because otherwise, this person's going to have their face burned off. Yeah. Very very graphic. Very graphic. Have you ever been a horror movie guy?
0: Well, I have one more follow-up question for you. Um, Where do you prefer your whores? Because you said you don't like the whores in the movie theater. Are you a motel guy? Are you a back alley guy? Are you an at-home guy when maybe the wife is not there? Uh, Where do you enjoy your whore experiences?
1: The the closest that I ever came to that, because I'm going to give you a serious answer to your smart-ass question right now. The closest I ever came to that was a massage parlor in New Orleans during Mardi Gras, okay? And we're just going to leave it at that. Mm.
0: Okay. You're the one who brought it up. You're talking about liking whores way more 15 or 20 years ago. And I guess once you get into your 40s, you know, I've seen the commercials. I've seen Frank Thomas. All right. I know sometimes you lose your fastball a little bit, and you might need to take some things to help you out. But, uh, you know, I just, just want the people to know what you're talking about here with your love of whores, or I guess your former love of whores.
1: That linguistic misinterpretation is on par with the black ice bit that you do. That it's mm. uh, There is no way out, which is why I just had to go brutal honesty there for a second.
0: Yeah, the black guys hanging from my car.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Are gotta gotta new each, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right, well, glad you enjoyed the movie, and I'm excited to hear – what you've got in store for where we at at the very end of the hour.
1: Oh, dude, I, I probably could have told you had you floated this scenario to me that this would be a problem beforehand, but yeah, it, it definitely, uh, the, the science bears out that truth too. Now you're not a big movie theater guy to begin with. We've already established this. Do you like horrors at all, whether it's at the theater or at home?
0: Yeah. I mean, I prefer to not have to pay for it, but there's a time and place for everything, I guess. So I don't know if I can get in trouble for that. I'm pretty sure that's still illegal. So I probably can get in trouble for that, but you know, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but every once in a while, you know, who's, who's not in favor of it
1: every once in a while, right? God damn, dude. <laughs> Am I following? You are, you are getting me right now. Horror movies, horror uh, movies.
0: Are the adult films. Elon Musk, X.com. Yes, yes. Now, I've never been a big scary movie guy, yeah. um, if that's what you're asking me about. Yeah, Kevin, really my thing.
1: Kevin, uh, Kevin told me yesterday, he's like, nope, even at the age of 10, he's like, I just found it repulsive. I got scarred
0: from a young age. I was uh, having a sleepover in like second or third grade at a buddy's place. And I don't know, we thought it'd be a good idea to watch, like, The Ring and The Grudge and one of the saws in the same night. Like, yeah, that's a good idea for a 10-year-old. And I, I couldn't sleep for weeks. And then, oh, like, really? from that moment on, I was like, you know, I'm fine with horror movies. Like, I, I I won't, like, shield my eyes or leave the room, but I will never pick to choose to watch a scary movie. Like, that. literally any other genre of
1: movie is preferred over those. Are you familiar with the Candyman movie? Or candy yeah. Man movies.
0: Yeah, they made a new one. Uh, one of my friends was actually in the newest Candyman remake that came out last year, right? Wasn't it Jordan Poole who did that
1: bit? Oh, really? Yeah, I, well, I, I'm more intrigued about that one now. I've only seen the first one. It was back when my friends and I were 15. And one of our friends got so freaked out about it. This is a, a dude, mind you, who hadn't shown this propensity before. Uh, but the, the bitten candy man, as you go into the bathroom and you say candy man three times and turn the lights off, he, we were like joking about going and doing that. And he literally went and got his BB gun. He's like, if you guys do that, I'm going to shoot you. We're like, wow, you are really invested in this one, buddy. Where's the critical thinking here? It's
0: not based on a true story guy. No, it
1: it wasn't a very scary part of Chicago where they actually shot the original Cabrini Green. Mm. Uh, those uh, those projects that got torn down and is now I'm not even kidding you a super target. Uh, yeah, that was a, a good backdrop for uh, a pretty solid horror flick.
0: Yeah. Sadly, you don't need to say candy man a few times and turn off the lights to get shot in Chicago these days that, uh, that could just happen to you on your own walking down the street. Unfortunately,
1: sad state of affairs. Although I do have to say, as a former resident of that city, my guess is that it is not being completely overhyped, but if you think that you can go there and you're immediately going to get mugged or shot, there's a good chance that you're not if yeah. you're staying in the right areas.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed, agreed. You know it.
1: chance, But not as good of a chance as like a decade ago.
0: Yeah, good to know. Good to know.
1: All right, Texas
0: and Kansas. I don't know how to transition out of that. Um, Kansas has or- been... Kansas has been the Candyman for Texas and Austin in recent
1: years. They've been Texas the Boogeyman. Has been, Texas has been the Jayhawks' whores a couple times in the recent past.
0: Yes, I don't, I don't know if Lance Leipold wants to have his team called a bunch of whores, but you know, horrors, horrors, whores, or what? <laughs> Women of the night, escorts, whores, or what? Prostitutes. All the above? Who knows?
1: Yeah, all the above.
0: Texas and Kansas, (laughs) Saturday at 2.30. Most people call them Jayhawks. You can call them whores, I guess. Uh, An issue with this Texas offense, it's been inconsistent. Obviously, they're coming off of a strong performance in Waco, but... Well, I guess Texas has struggled offensively in both of its home games this year, right? The first half against Rice was not very good. The first three quarters against Wyoming were not very good. If you look at the team numbers, if you look at Quinn Ewers' numbers, uh, they're just not as pretty here in Austin as they are away from home, and it's interesting because on paper, the two toughest teams that Texas has played this year have been on the road, and of course, the Rice and Wyoming, the G5 teams that the Longhorns have gone up against were here in Austin, and They just couldn't get the offense figured out. We're hoping to see a more consistent offense at DKR this weekend. But in a couple of specific areas, Trey, this Texas team needs to be more consistent to go unbeaten in the regular season and make the college football playoff. And those two areas are two very critical areas. It's the red zone, number one. I gave the stat with the buck this morning. Texas has had 16 trips inside the opponent's 20-yard line this year. They only have eight touchdowns. It's 50%. That is the third lowest mark in the Big 12, ahead of only Cincinnati, who's ass, and Baylor, who's even more ass. So that's bad. And then on third down, Texas is only converting 37% of its third downs this season. That is 92nd out of 130 FBS teams. And if you're comparing things to their opponent this weekend, Kansas is first in the country in third down conversion percentage. So. We can focus more on the Texas offense right now, and we can transition over to the Texas defense on how they can stop KU on Saturday. But yeah, the, the red zone and third downs, those are the stats that kind of show you just how up and down this offensive unit has been through the first month.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately it was a bit of a mixed bag against Baylor or maybe fortunately, if they're starting to, uh, to turn at least one of those aspects around, but against Baylor, even they were three of nine on third downs. I remember that stat registering at the end of that game and just being like, well, that's frustrating because you do feel better about the overall effort on offense, but they're still struggling in a very crucial component of things. Now I don't have the breakdown in front of me, but they were three of four in the red zone. One of those, was a field goal miss, of course. Do you remember if the other three times they made it in the red zone against Baylor, that they scored touchdowns there?
0: Oh, let me think. I know, look, they had the long touchdown run by Brooks. That was not a red zone play. The Ewers' touchdown run was not a red zone play. The Baxter touchdown run would have been a red zone trip. Jonathan Brooks's other touchdown run would have been a red zone trip.
1: And Auburn made one field goal. Yeah, Auburn made a 37-yard field goal, which is right at the 20.
0: Okay, so yeah, so two touchdowns and a field goal on the other red zone trips for Texas. So yeah, a little bit better than what they had been doing Slightly. in the first few weeks, but not, not quite the level that I'm sure Steve Sarkeesian is looking for.
1: So I'm choosing to be optimistic about this right now because gradually we're seeing this offense evolve and become more effective. I think that is the next area that we see them starting to do a better job of tackling, which is those third down conversions. We have seen incremental progress, but everything doesn't improve together necessarily. And so uh, they did a better job with the overall rhythm of the game against Baylor, running the ball more on early downs, getting Quinn going a little bit off of play action, but him also just doing a better job of stepping into throws too. So the next thing that we'll see is probably better first and second down gains, meaning they're not so far behind the sticks on third down. And another component of that obviously is the offensive line, not committing penalties. That that has been an issue at times this year. So you want to see a really consistent O-line play where they're not putting the offense further behind the sticks because of a false start or a hold or something.
0: Yeah. And I'm in favor of being aggressive offensively, right? I mean, first and 10 and second to 10 runs sometimes make me want to run my fist through the wall. But I think that's a way that Texas can make those third downs a little bit more manageable, right? Establishing the ground game earlier in games. We saw them do that against Baylor. And that was maybe the most complete offensive performance of the season for Texas. They ran the ball early in the game, but they also ran it on early downs to make those third downs a little bit easier. Now, like you said, they were still 3 of 9, so not a very good third down performance by this Texas team, but yeah, instead of, you know, second and 10 or third and 10 after a couple of incompletions, maybe you pick up, I don't know, 4 or 5 yards of carry on first down and all of a sudden that's going to make life a little bit easier for this offense to keep moving the chain. So, they've got to they've got to find a way to make that happen like the the next two weeks especially they're going up against better teams. Kansas's defense is not Alabama's defense. Oklahoma's defense is not Alabama's defense, but I could tell you they're better than Baylor. I could tell you they're better than Rice. Uh, I could tell you they're probably better than Wyoming, although Wyoming does some good things defensively, and they had a lot of experience and some decent talent on that side of the football. But statistically speaking, you're going up against two of the better defenses in the conference over the next couple of weeks, and looking on the other side of the ball, right? Cuz you want to play complementary football. Sark talked about that on Monday. I feel like Texas did a pretty good job of that in Waco. Like you've got you you can't be settling for three against these high-powered offenses, right? Kansas's offense is really good. Dylan Gabriel right now against bad competition, but he's like top 6 or 7 in the country in Heisman odds. He's been playing really really well. Good so, on deep
1: balls, too, by the way.
0: Very good on deep balls, too. So, like, yeah, you're going to need to help your defense out a little bit. And, you know, Texas is so much better talent-wise than these teams that maybe they can afford to win. But, God, when, you, when you're playing closer games, which it sure feels like at least one of these next two games might be decided by single digits, which would be the case for the first time this year for this Texas team, uh, converting those red zone trips into seven instead of three, that feels paramount. That can be the difference in a game that gets you to Arlington or keeps you away from Arlington or a game that gets you into the playoff or that prevents you from making the playoff. So cashing in on those opportunities, getting touchdowns instead of field goals, thats uh, I think that's going to be more important than it has been for Texas through the first month. Because obviously, as bad as those numbers are, they're still 4-0 with four double-digit wins. So clearly they've been fine. But against some other competition, you feel like Texas is going to play a close game to where you don't want to be settling for three instead of the touchdown.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing way too many Texas fans speak with a a brash sort of confidence about this matchup on Saturday. I don't think folks realize that uh, I realize that Kansas is on the jerseys, but this is a well-coached football team here. They do great things on offense, and it is a defense that, while still not good, is not as big of a joke as last season, as you talked about yesterday, BK. And Steve Sarkeesian knows that too. And he understands just how special this Kansas offense can be. had a quote from his zoom press conference a little bit earlier today that I think speaks to these coaches doing what they can to try and get this defense ready to handle such a complex offense. Sark on facing the KU defense quote. I think it's important playing a disciplined brand of football, all 11 guys. We have to have great eyes. We have to trust our training and have communication with everyone so that we're on the same string. And so it's just a matter, especially the linebackers, of not getting sucked into motion or play action where Kansas does something drastically different in the other direction.
0: Yeah, Kansas's offense is really good, and it's also really versatile. It's yeah. not like they bring out the same game plan every single Saturday and just say, ah, we're going to do this if it works great. If it doesn't, well, we're going to stick to it because that's all we know how to do. No, they'll mix it up, man. I mean, a lot of misdirection, like you said, and like Sark was alluding to there. Pre-snap motion, counter, misdirection, whatever. That's a huge part of their offense, that eye candy. They want to confuse the hell out of defenses pre-snap, and they do a really, really good job of doing that. But, you know, Sark, you didn't say this last week after the Baylor win, but a couple of times after wins this season, he's talked about other teams doing things that they weren't prepared for. Well, prepare for that, coach. Because that's what Kansas does, especially offensively. Like, they mix things up every single week. Now, one thing they do, and I've seen some Texas fans just kind of assume people don't watch Kansas football that much. That's fine. Although you should be watching them more now than you have been in the past because it's actually kind of enjoyable to watch. Yeah. They're not a super up-tempo offense. Like, they score so many points per game, and they have great stats and – uh, a ton of talent on that side of the ball that if you don't watch them, you're just like, oh, they they must go up tempo and no huddle. And they try to score as quick as they possibly can. Like some of the stereotypical big 12 offenses that we've seen over the last decade and a half, now, they don't do that. Like they, they want to be methodical. They'll use up a good amount of the play clock. Normally, maybe they break tendency on Saturday, but usually that's what they do is, is try to slow things down a little bit. So you've got to be prepared for that. That's going to make, uh, it's it important for Texas offensively to take advantage of its possessions, of course, but also for the Texas defense to get off the field on third down. Once again, Kansas number one in the country in third down conversion percentage. They're able to keep moving the chains and keep drives alive. That's obviously going to lead to points for them, and it's also going to leave the Texas offense on the sideline. So that is something they do well, but also they they are going to mix some things up a little bit, and they'll surprise you with uh, with some of what they pull out of the hat on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and look, uh, speaking of grinding that clock, Kansas' ability to run the football or Texas' defense ability to continue being so great against the run is going to go a long ways in determining whether Kansas is able to stick in the game or maybe they even have a lead at some point uh, beyond the start of the game too. So that is amongst all the different little storylines that we'll be watching What Devin Neal and uh, those Kansas running backs can do on the ground against this Texas defense is maybe number one for me when it's that O versus that D.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like I I don't know if you need the word maybe in there. Everybody knows Jalen Daniels, and he's more than just a runner. Talked about that
1: yesterday. He is
0: a great passer of the football, too, and he can sit back there in the pocket and beat you with his arm. Or, as you talked about, he can extend plays, but he doesn't extend plays to run, right? He keeps his eyes up down the field, and he tries to find somebody open in the passing game, too. So he's a weapon. There's no doubt. I'm not saying this Kansas offense is one-dimensional by any stretch. I just said they're versatile. They can beat you in a few different ways. But, yeah, like they they want to establish the ground game, and that's that's strength on strength right there. You're talking about one of the best run offenses in the country, but for Kansas, they haven't gone up against a run defense like Texas this season. And for Texas, you're talking about one of the best running, uh, defenses in the country. And yeah, look, Texas kind of did go up against a really good running team against Alabama and they held their own right there. So I like, I think the strength of Texas outweighs the strength of Kansas. It's why I feel like Texas is going to win this game. I just think the team speed that they have. And also we haven't been talking about missed tackles this year. I'll knock on wood, but holy shit. Has that been a huge topic of conversation with like every Texas defense since 2010, uh, they've been pretty strong with their tackling for the most part. So if they just play like they have through the first four games, they're going to be able to slow down. i going to be able to stop Kansas, but they'll be able to slow down Kansas to the point where they can win this one and they can win this one by a couple of scores. Like Vegas seems to think.
1: Is there somebody on the defensive side of the ball for the Longhorns that if they do show out, like we know we're capable of, we're talking about more than the others on Monday.
0: Yeah. Anthony Hill. Right, I mean, leaving the Alabama game, we were all talking about Anthony Hill because, well, a couple of different reasons, but uh, the work he did in Spy of Jalen Milrow was fantastic, and I think Anthony Hill is going to be called upon to do something relatively similar uh, this Saturday in Spy, but also setting the edge too when Kansas is running those options that they like to run, and when they have those designed quarterback runs, that's such a big part of their offense. Uh, Anthony Hill is going to be tested. And I think he's going to show up and show out. And then that's the speed that Texas has on defense. Kansas hasn't seen anything like that. Of course, it's not just Hill, right? Jalen Ford is great. Hell, I'll give you another one. I'm cheating here, but Mo Blackwell could be a guy that Texas fans are talking about because he's really, yeah. really fast as a linebacker. He came back last week, played 15 to 20 snaps against Baylor. Assume that number will increase uh, the healthier he gets. So he could be another dude too with that speed that he possesses, but now to me. The role that we saw Anthony Hill play against the Crimson Tide a few weeks ago will be similar to what he's asked to do on Saturday, I think. So uh, it'll be another one of those games where it's like, oh, thank God we got that guy away from AM because he's really freaking good. And thank God we've got that guy here for another two and a half years because uh, he's really freaking good.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering about if this is the uh, Jalen-Catalon come out game where he's had some good games this year, but he hasn't, completely dominate our performance because they haven't really needed him to just yet. But this feels like a good time for something like that. The come out game, like he announces that he's
0: getting.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey.
1: No. I don't think so. I mean, maybe he's so happy after his performance that he decides to let the world know who he truly is. I'm not saying Jalen Catalan is one way or the other, but if that's his thing, I mean, good for you. We support you.
0: Not that there's anything wrong with that
1: nothing wrong with it i heard i don't Jaylen know why Cat- my voice just went so high when i said that either yeah, boy.
0: That, that usually means you're lying when your uh, your voice raises an octave
1: like that no that's bullshit it's just like the to be honest thing although sometimes that is an indicator no
0: it's an indicator sometimes
1: no sometimes i say to be honest and i say something honest
0: wow sometimes so
1: i so, lie so
0: trey hates gay people and he hates jalen catalan Did i have that right and whores
1: <laughs> and whores yes and, and, and black guys
0: uh, uh whoa <laughs> talking about the little
1: trees smelly thing in the car i think i hope how dare you freeze me out that was my finest moment <laughs> <in> my <life. laughs> Uh, it was well done. Everybody knows how idiotic I'm being right now. Oh, man. Good stuff there.
0: All right. We'll 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 obviously talk more Texas and Kansas. We'll let you hear from Steve Sarkeesian tomorrow. He just wrapped up his uh, Zoom call down on campus a few moments ago. We'll get that stuff for tomorrow as we continue to set the stage for Texas and Kansas, 2.30 this Saturday at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Longhorns looking for a little bit of revenge after what happened the last time KU was in town. KU looking for some revenge after what the Longhorns did in Lawrence last year. Texas ran all over Kansas, and that game got out of hand early. Obviously, that's what Longhorn fans are hoping to see this
1: Saturday. Am I remembering correctly that Daniels missed that game? Was that a Jason Bean game last year? Daniels played, but it was his first game back after missing the previous
0: five with a separated shoulder. That's right. And Bucky and I had Kevin Flaherty on this morning, who covers KU for 24-7 sports, and he said it. Like, Kansas really limited Jalen Daniels, and Texas kind of knew it. Mm. Uh, There were not very many, if any, design runs for Daniels. Uh, And, like, a lot of the bootlegs that are such a huge part of the Kansas offense – Texas wasn't falling for it. They like knew Daniels was going to hand it off because Kansas didn't want him to have to throw or expose himself by running around in the pocket or just in the backfield. So it's a different version of Jalen Daniels that uh, Texas will see, but Texas did beat Jalen Daniels and the Jayhawks last week. All right, some love to some sponsors real quick. How about Great Blue Heron Furniture? Yeah, custom leather furniture company. It's been around for more than 30 years Stuff is gorgeous. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics, ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. If you're looking to spruce up your living room, if you're looking to spruce up maybe a vacation home, you've got to check out the great stuff at Great Blue Heron Furniture. There's a link in the video description below. If you click on that, it will take you directly to our collection. That's right. We've got our own Texas Sports Unfiltered collection at Great Blue Heron Furniture. And if you use the promo code Hook'em, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. I am telling you, you cannot, you will not find more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture out there than a great blue heron furniture. This stuff is built to last for decades. I'm talking a couple of years. This is not stuff you send with your kid to the dorm room in college. No, this is stuff that uh, you have at your place for a long, long time. You're going to get compliments left and right. So click the link in the video description to see what they've got to offer at greatblueheronfurniture.com. And Trey, should we go recorded spot for AV consultations or should we go
1: live spot today? Let's go recorded because I'm going to try and do the Pest Wrangler spot today. Okay. A word from audiovisual consultations.
2: Hi. This is Tom McKay with audio-visual consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Old man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football
0: seasons are upon us.
2: And baseball is winding down to the best part.
0: And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2".
2: Who the hell cares about basketball?
0: Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right?
2: That's right. Audio-visual consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years.
1: Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with incredible audio and video systems.
2: We're talking multi-screen video walls. And
0: home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium.
2: Just give us a call at 512-255-8678.
0: Hey, aren't you forgetting something?
2: Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends.
0: And make love to whoever the hell you want.
2: Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid.
0: Oh, two weeks away from the return of Dallas Stars hockey. Not that I'm keeping track of that, and there's no way Tom McKay is keeping track of that. Nah, we don't we don't do that type of stuff.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had a long, lengthy sports conversation a couple of days ago. He is champing at the bit right now.
0: Should be a good season for the Dallas Stars. Should be a good season for the Texas Stars up in Cedar Park as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, big Craig. Trey hates what? I need to clarify. I said black ice. I hate black guys. Black ice is terrible. It only causes problems. It doesn't do anything positive for society. I love black guys. If you thought I was saying I hate black guys, I love black guys. So many black guys that I love. There's black guys that I don't care for, but it has nothing to do with their race. But for the most part, I love black guys.
0: You love black guys, huh? Yes. All the talk about whores from earlier. Now you're talking about. I'm going to check your internet search history any anytime soon. Oh, man. I've just got <laughs>
1: myself in the deepest of holes today.
0: Uh, a couple of texts to get into 512-222-9328 is our text line. Apparently, I said Jordan Poole did the Candyman movies, not Jordan Peel. Sorry. No, not the NBA player. It was the, you know, the Key and Peel guy. The director, the actor, Jordan Peele, who uh, is responsible for those movies. Tom McKay does text in and he says, Trey, your sound is falling apart. It's a whore. Yeah, I think he's talking about your voice, not your actual sound
1: quality. I sound like a whore right now. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you've
0: had a few things shoved down your... Never mind. Uh,
1: uh, well, you know what? I I, I've, I do have to say that I have been doing some saltwater gargling In the last few days to try and help the voice out. And I am one hell of a gargler.
0: Please don't do the visual of that again, please. I (laughs) don't (laughs) know. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I don't know if it's possible to get kicked off of YouTube, but... I feel like we're about to get kick off, kicked off of YouTube. That might be taking the unfiltered to a level that's too far. I don't know if we can recover from that.
1: Gargling and choking on water. Well, if YouTube has a problem with that, then I've got a problem with YouTube. Oh, my God. That was disgusting. Oh, tr- true, Jason. If I did have burnt orange Kool-Aid here with me, I would definitely try to gargle that. And I would double, double handful it into my mouth if that's what it took.
0: Oh my God. Pretty soon you are uh, going to turn into, oh, do I still have it? Oh no, I deleted it. The woman who downed that hot dog in one bite.
1: Oh yes.
0: Yeah, I I got rid of that video, so you're off the hook. That was something special. It was, it was a talent for sure. All right, where to next? We can go NFL with Thursday Night Football tonight. We actually have what should be a pretty good game. We could talk MLB. We could talk NBA. We'll hit all of those over the next 15 minutes or so. But where uh, where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, let's discuss the NFL game tonight. Um, All right. Thursday Night Football for the last few years has been a bit of a crapshoot, and that's just what happens sometimes. You try and schedule a full season months in advance. But this is a, a great matchup to kick off the new NFL week, BK. Uh, Detroit is a team that I have uh, loved watching for the last few years now, and this year is no different. And Green Bay, I think, has really surprised some folks early on with how Jordan Love and that team has uh, done a good job, one, dominating the dominating the Bears' first game of the season, which isn't that big of a deal at this point. But showing the gumption to come back against the Saints last weekend, down by three scores like they were going into the fourth quarter. This team plays with some heart, and so this is a fun nfc north matchup that could end up going a long ways and helping to decide who wins this division at the end of the year
0: yeah both teams two and one right now and it is a battle for first place in the nfc north because the bears and the vikings are both zero and three so looking like a two horse race in that division right now and you're right the packers they were down 17 to nothing against the saints at home last week the miraculous comeback to get the win there and their only loss came in atlanta in week two that happened on a game-winning field goal the very last second of that game. So they've been in every game that they've played in this year. Uh, Detroit's only loss came in overtime to Seattle a couple of weeks ago. They bounced back with a nice win over Atlanta up at Ford Field last week. So, yeah, this is a this is a good test. Like, I think Detroit's the better team, and they are two-point road favorites tonight. And I think my cousin would side with the Lions in this one. But Jordan Love has been good, honestly. He's been better than I thought he would be. Uh, This will be a test for him, but seven touchdowns to just one interception for J-Love through the first three games of his, really, his starting career in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, this should be fun. The Lions, of course, in Week 18 last year, kept the Packers out of the playoffs with that win in Aaron Rodgers' final game at Lambeau. Detroit's actually won three in a row against Green Bay, which is a major 180 from what has happened in that rivalry over the last, I don't know, three decades, it feels like. But, uh, yeah, should be a good one tonight. Curious to see how good Green Bay really is and how good Jordan Love really is. But I, I would lean with the Lions. I think they're a little bit more talented. And Even though this game is in Green Bay, I'm
1: going with Detroit. Hutchinson's really starting to turn things on for the Lions' defense this year along that defensive line. Who is number 34 for them? Because that dude is a mean mofo. On that defense? White guy with long hair. That dude hits hard. He's one of the harder hitters in the NFL right now, in my opinion. Is that their rookie?
0: No, that's not Jack Campbell.
1: Thirty-four.
0: I don't know. I'll see if I can look this up real quick. But Lions depth chart. Oh, the linebacker with the flow. Yes, Alex something. Uh, I don't know, Alex something. I know, I know who you're talking about now.
1: All right, hold on, I'm almost there. Almost there, Alex. Anzalone. Yeah, that's it. Anzalone. Anzalone. Anyhow, that dude is a fun player to watch. And I love this Lions offense too. Jared Goff is finally starting to get some much-deserved respect for how consistent he has been throughout much of last year and, and really going into this year too. They're playing to his strengths now, which wasn't always happening with the Rams And he's got some really talented wide receivers to throw the ball to. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown is the best example of that. And watch out for Sam Laporta, the tight ends, dude. He is You don't expect the athleticism that you get out of that guy. I know Iowa tight ends making an impact in the NFL. It's not a new concept necessarily, but he adds another serious weapon to that offense.
0: Yeah, I loved Sam Laporta in college. I was really high on him in this draft, and so far so good. He's the second leading receiver on that Lions team, behind only Amonra St. Brown, whose dad, John, joins Chip and Zay every single Wednesday. If you missed that yeah, yesterday, no, make, make sure you uh, check that interview out. But, yeah, no, the Lions are – look, they were good last year. They had a winning record last year, and they brought most guys back. They had a really, really solid draft, added a few spots in free agency as well. Like, it's it's a complete football team. I, I still think they are – Short of Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas, right? Like, I think those are the three best teams in the NFC. And, hell, if you want to argue Dallas is closer to Detroit after last week, maybe I wouldn't criticize you too much, but I wouldn't. I'd still put Dallas in that top tier. But, no, Detroit should be a playoff team this year. They were the favorites in the NFC North going in. And, uh, obviously, with the win tonight, I think they will really establish themselves as the favorite in that division. So, they've got some things working for them for the first time in seemingly forever up there in the Motor City.
1: Yeah, and they do get David Montgomery back tonight. He missed last week's game, would force Craig Reynolds into more of that bell cow role. He wasn't very good there. Montgomery gives them something uh, different in terms of that first and second round back. And watch them continue trying to incorporate Jameer Gibbs. He seems to get better each and every week. So that touch total, which was probably I forget if it was in the seven to nine range in game one, uh, we may see him get closer to twelve to fifteen with tonight's game depending how good he feels now david montgomery didn't play on sunday which means his legs are going to be a little bit fresher than jameer who has such a short amount of time to bounce back with an increased role but uh, he is a guy that i am excited to watch develop in this offense throughout the course of the season too
0: yeah that lion's rookie class man early returns are very good with gibbs how about brian branch the safety yeah out of alabama that kid fell today two in the draft he's been freaking awesome he made some history last week i just saw this stat first db since at least 1994 at least we we not say like 92 i don't know first db since at least 1994 to have 10 tackles three tfls and two pbus in a game he did that in his third nfl game so another nick saban stud in the nfl you talked about laporta who was their other second round pick like the lions had a lot of draft picks in the top 50 or 60 so like you figured they had a chance to have a really, really good draft. But once again, early returns for those dudes have been very, very
1: positive. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Cowboys go tight end in the first round?
0: No, they went tight end in the second round. Okay.
1: LaPorta so LaPorta was LaPorta probably did not fa- fall to them in the second round then. Yeah, they
0: got uh, Schoonmaker from Michigan after taking Mozzie Smith from Michigan, who was supposed to help with the run defense, and that dude, has been on a milk carton so far. Mm. Note the Cowboys. Maybe stop drafting D linemen out of Michigan. Taco didn't work. He chose that dude over J over JJ over TJ Watt. And then Mozzie Smith so far. It's I'm not closing the book on the guy, but you brought him in for a purpose and he's not serving that purpose
1: yet. At least you got a taco out of it. I did not get any tacos
0: out of it, actually. So if I would have gotten a few free tacos, then Yes, I would have been more okay with the draft pick, but because I did not, not okay at all. Uh, who are you leaning? You going
1: Detroit tonight? Sounds like you are. Is this game in Green Bay or Detroit? I'm sorry. Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going Detroit in this game. Okay. I think that, uh, that, that they're clicking right now and getting Montgomery back is going to be a huge boon for them. But then again, some people are suggesting that the Packers actually chose to sit Christian Watson and Aaron Jones last week so they could have them. For the Thursday night game. And Aaron Jones is still a very effective running back, too. You know what? I've just talked myself into Green Bay.
0: All right. Well, stop talking because you're going to switch picks here in a couple of minutes if we keep talking about this game. I think I'm worried about that. Uh, mm. Huh? Who do you have? Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Taking the road team tonight. Uh, Jay Ward asked, Are we getting some TSU hats? Yeah, we're working on it. And in contact with Mike Murphy of Last Stand Hats. I thought I was meeting him later today to pick some up, but now he says they're going to be shipped in the mail tomorrow. So hopefully by next week, we'll have uh, some hats maybe to give away, but also some hats that we'll be able to sell to you people out there as well. Appreciate y'all's support of Texas Sports Unfiltered and appreciate the inquiries about getting some merch. We're hoping to get some for ourselves, but also, of course, to get some for y'all as well. All right, what about uh, some Major League Baseball, Trey? The Rangers and Astros pick up huge wins last night bigger win for the Astros. They win that series finale in Seattle uh because they got that win, they stay ahead of the Mariners in that wild card race for that third and final wild card spot in the American League. The Astros now have a game and a half lead over Seattle for the final wild card spot in the American League. And of course, they're still in the mix for the AL West title, but because the Rangers got the win over the Angels last night, the Rangers magic number to win the West is down to 2. Rangers' magic number to make the playoffs is down to one, but to win the American League West, their magic number is at two. So four days left in the MLB regular season. The Astros are off tonight. They open up a three-game series in Arizona tomorrow. And then the Rangers, of course, are taking on the Mariners in Seattle for four starting tonight. So still some big games left in the American League West. But the good news, if you're a fan of one of the two Texas teams, Uh, your team controls its own destiny to make it to the postseason.
1: You know what I want to see this weekend, BK, starting tonight? The Rangers to win, the Astros to lose tomorrow night, and then the Rangers lose the last three games in the Seattle series. Like, once it's all clinched, I want to see the Astros just flat-out miss on the playoffs, and there's a chance of that because the D-backs are playing for wild-card positioning right now. Yeah.
0: Could happen. Arizona has not clinched a playoff spot yet. Now the Cubbies keep losing, which is uh, helping Arizona get closer to clinching an NL wildcard spot. But uh, as of right now, at least as of that first game tomorrow, Arizona will have something to play for. So it won't be just a cakewalk for the Astros. Hell, the Royals weren't a cakewalk for the Astros. But once again, the good news for Houston is that they're not playing in Houston. I think. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, that gives Astros fans more confident that they are not playing at the juice box uh, this weekend. And yeah, I I don't think there will be any sort of under the table agreement between the Rangers and Mariners like, hey, you scratch our back and we'll scratch yours kind of thing. But uh, obviously there is still a case or a scenario out there where the Astros would miss the playoffs entirely. I would not bet on it. But uh, it, it could happen if the Mariners are able to take care of their business against the Rangers, and obviously the Astros come up short against the Snakes.
1: About well, Dane Dunning last night, maybe a guy who doesn't get enough credit considering that he does have an ERA in the threes and has been around that ro- rotation for the entire year, if I'm not mistaken. Big outing yeah. by him last night to get the Rangers one step closer to clinching.
0: Yeah, that was huge. Seven scoreless for Dane Dunning. I was kind of pissed when Bruce Bochy took him out of the game, right? Because anytime I see Rangers bullpen enter, I think the worst. Uh, But Chapman and LeClerc got the job done. The Rangers added three runs of insurance in the top of the ninth to kind of put that thing on ice. But yeah, a huge, huge start for Dane Dunning. Maybe the biggest start of his big league career, and he showed up in a big, big way. So that was good to see. If you're a Rangers fan, Evan Carter. My God, that guy doesn't look like a rookie. Another home run for him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of him, he is him, as the kids <laughs> say. He's been great. Adolis Garcia was great, too. And for the Astros, like I talked about it yesterday, I figured if they were going to win that game, it was going to be on the back of Framber Valdez. Framber wasn't very good. He only lasted four innings. But the Astros' bullpen, five scoreless in relief. Shout-out to Brian Abreu, who threw like 45 pitches in relief to uh, to help put that one away and then the Astros' offense taking advantage of some bad Seattle defense but also being very opportunistic with that uh, three-run seventh inning to uh, to put that one away. Did see the benches clear a little bit, but in prime baseball form, nobody threw any punches, so no one's going to get suspended or anything like that from that incident.
1: Yeah, Kevin was telling me yesterday that that series was getting really, really chippy. Good. And he expected a brawl to happen, but as you said, they went, they went baseball fake brawl on the situation.
0: Yeah. Hector Naris, one of the relievers who pitched for the Strohs yesterday. He's got a little history with Julio Rodriguez. Apparently they're friends from the same country. They've got the same agent. I heard hard talking about that earlier.
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: but like last year, J rod pimped the home run pretty good against Naris, and then Naris pimped the strike. It was a bad move by Naris. I mean, I love the emotion. I love the passion and I'm cool with it, but you, you can't do what Nerys did and expect to not get in a reaction. He struck out J-Rod for the final out of the inning. And instead of, you know, you see pitchers all the time, like show emotion, pump their fist, pound their glove, whatever, yeah. as they walk back to their dugout, that's kosher. Uh, naris decided to do all of that stuff but walk towards Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners dugout in the process. And it's like, uh, you can't do that and not expect anybody to get pissed at you, dude. Like, that that's that's a bad bit, and then to go full – Hold me back, guys. Like, eh, it's a classic baseball.
1: Now, wait a second. Rodriguez wasn't upset, was he?
0: Rodriguez got upset after Naris started walking and chirping the whole time towards him. Like, Rodriguez was fine. He was walking back to the dugout. Then Rodriguez looked back and he's like, Why is Hector Naris like 10 feet away from me? That, that's not what you're supposed to do. Your dugout's over there. And look, J Rod didn't charge either. It's not like he didn't cop out of this thing, but. Both benches cleared, and then the most ridiculous bit in sports when the bullpens come from hundreds of feet away and they show up after the, the stuff is already over. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a whole lot of nothing, just a lot of yelling. Uh, but emotion, clearly. There should be emotion. That was the biggest game of the year for both teams, and uh, good for the Strohs. They found a way to get it done.
1: It's the only exercise most of those bullpen guys get all year. <laughs> Some of them do the uh, resistance bands training, you know? That's true. Maybe I should specify cardio. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So, once again, Astros off tonight. Rangers and Mariners open up a four game set to wrap up the regular season. That uh, first pitch for tonight is at 8 40 up there in Seattle. uh Real quick, any thoughts on the big trade in the NBA? Dame Lillard going from Portland to Milwaukee, a three team deal. Phoenix was involved. Anything you want to hit on there?
1: As somebody who isn't the biggest NBA fan at this point, that is well-established. I have always said that Dame Lillard is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. I think that he is one of the more entertaining guys offensively in this league. And so this has to be seen as a great thing for the league on the whole, for him to go from this albatross in Portland to a franchise that has won it all in the last couple of years with one of the top players in the league too in the Greek Freak. So, um, for, for me as somebody who's not going to tune into a ton of NBA, this might have me paying closer attention to highlights that I'm seeing on social media, or maybe if there's nothing else on tuning into a Bucks game this year.
0: Yeah. Milwaukee kind of out of nowhere, right? Miami's been the team that's been linked to Dame Lillard the most. And it just felt like at some point, those two teams, Miami and Portland, were going to find a way to get a deal done, but Milwaukee swoops in, they make it happen. And the Bucs are now the favorites to win the NBA title. So uh, they got rid of Drew Holiday, who was a huge piece for them, winning the championship a couple of years ago. But, yeah, Dame Lillard is a stud. That's going to be fun to watch. He and uh, the Greek freak at it at the same time.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I know this is very much a pick-and-roll league at this point. That's maybe going to be the toughest to stop pick-and-roll in the entire NBA now, and I mm-hmm. can probably remove the word maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a tough one-two punch. And Middleton's still there. Brooke Lopez resigned, so... Now, the Bucks are legit. They were the one seed in the East last year. They got upset by Miami in round one, but they're really good. And yeah, I think this probably makes them better. And I think Phoenix is is better too. Honestly, getting rid of Aiton, who is just a weird fit there. They get Nurkic, who's a solid player when he's healthy. So uh, good move. And then Portland kind of rebuilds. They get a couple of good players. I think they'll probably trade Drew Holiday and get more draft picks in return. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, it, it sucks. They wanted to keep Dame, but it makes sense with them drafting Scoot Henderson and just them not feeling like a contender that they, uh, that they move on and start a bit
1: of a rebuild. If you're going to trade away a guy like Drew holiday, you need to make sure that you have that next guy who can step up in that perimeter defender role.
0: Yep. Agreed. 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 They, uh, they get some better. They get some better. They get better on offense, but, uh, they definitely lose something on defense. It's some better. Yikes. All right. I'm
1: done talking for a while. Some- let's,
0: uh, let's talk a little bit about pest
1: wranglers, Trey. Yes. Pest wranglers, pest wranglers, pest wranglers. That is a very dry version of the commercial that you hear on these airways from time to time. But it is all about pest wranglers. Our friend Steve, who has owned and operated pest wranglers since 2006, helping people get rid of those pests, and they do so with exceptional customer service. That's because Steve cares about people. That is shown in how he goes about treating his employees and also how his employees go about treating you, the customer. It's why they have countless five-star reviews on Yelp, Google and elsewhere, and they would love to have your business as well. Just go to pestwranglers.com to see all the different services that they offer and to give them a call. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, a begrudging sponsor of Where We At in Society.
2: Where are we at in society today?
1: Right. The Pest Wranglers, Where We At in Society bit is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. And occasionally I have to infuse my own personal anecdotes because people love to really suck around me. BK.
0: Yeah.
1: That's I did not mean for it to come out like that, nor that, but did. Uh. here we go. As I told you and the people at the start of today's show, I went to the premiere of the new saw movie last night. Uh, which was part of Fantastic Fest, which happens at the South Lamar Alamo Draft House location. It's this horror festival that uh, is all about playing uh, new and exciting horror movies. And so, on the second to last night for this festival, uh, they played the new Saw movie, which actually comes out in theaters on Friday. It's Saw. You can read it as 10, but it's Saw X. It is the 10th movie in this series. And I'm not the biggest horror person necessarily when it comes to seeing movies, especially those in the theater. But uh, I can get myself into the mood if need be and uh, try and enjoy what, uh, what this film is all about. But unfortunately, BK, even though I did like the movie for the first part, I have no idea what happened in the last 30 minutes because of a very inconsiderate person sitting next to me.
0: Was it a whore
1: or something else sitting next to you? I don't know if she was a literal whore, but as, as someone who doesn't know her all that well or at all, mind you, one particular quality has me questioning whether she does practice some lady of the night skills uh, throughout her evenings. And that is because this woman was wearing entirely too much perfume. Now this distance isn't just a female thing. If you are a guy who wears too much cologne, you are in the same category here of trying way too hard to cover something up for yourself and putting people out in the other direction. I have an issue with perfume, not only because it's annoying to smell when it's that strong, but I am literally allergic to certain perfumes. And unfortunately Having to sit next to this woman last night triggered my allergies in ways to where I'm still dealing with a slightly snotty nose today. My throat, which was sounding better yesterday, I feel like it's it's still going in the right direction, but it didn't take a big step forward like I would have expected to because I was literally choking on this woman's cologne throughout the first hour plus of this film before I finally had to wave the white flag and walk out of the theater because I couldn't Uh do it anymore.
0: Oh, you didn't stay to the end?
1: No, there was no way I was going to do that. I was having a hard time breathing. I was putting my shirt up my, uh, or, uh, up above my nose to try and keep the smell at a minimum. Nothing mattered, though. I was chugging water like crazy. I, unfortunately, because it was a crowded theater and she sat down right before the movie started, I couldn't go find another seat, although it probably took until the movie had started to really get the full effect of her over-perfuming herself. And so I was just stuck. And even though I, I guess I'm curious to know how the movie ends, I won't get to know until the next time I go watch this movie in the theater at home or I just read the spoiler alerts on Wikipedia. There were no other seats? It was a crowded theater. It was a sold-out theater. And uh, I was also in a really good seat, too. So it would have been annoying to have to go to, like, the front row or the very back of the theater when I had a primo seat there. Mm,
0: You didn't say anything. I don't know what you can say to her, right? Because she can't get rid of the smell if you
1: tell her that the smell is annoying. I'll tell you, if it hadn't been a movie theater where it was a dark theater where people were trying to focus on the film, I may have said something.
0: I'm surprised you didn't, even though it was a movie theater where people were trying to focus on the film.
1: I feel like she was side-eyeing me a little bit. like She sensed that my shirt was above my nose. But I think that's also explainable by us watching a horror, and uh, mm-hmm. the Saw movies being very grotesque too. It's almost like comically grotesque at times, which isn't so comical when you're 45 years old, as I found out and started to get a little bit queasy. <laughs> but that, it's possible it's possible that the shirt move was being passed off as that. But I also. Wonder if she wasn't feeling self conscious. And if she is, good. I'm glad you got that passive message. You need to know that you're wearing too much GD perfume. I get that you're 250 pounds. And so that probably adds to the likely bodily smells emanating from your person. But make a different change that doesn't have to do with you going through a bottle of perfume every month and a half.
0: Wow. Not only smell shaming, but fat shaming too, huh?
1: I, I mean, I feel like, I guess I do know the chicken or the egg here. I'm guessing is that she got really overweight before she started wearing too much perfume and at some point was called out for uh, for smelling a little bit ripe. And so she's trying to cover it up with the perfume. But unfortunately, she swung too far in the other direction.
0: Well, I'm worried you might have ruined things even more for the next guy who has to sit next to her at a movie theater because by you covering up your nose, she's probably thinking that Oh, my BO is bad. I need more perfume. I didn't put enough on. Oh, no. Yeah, you might have done that. She's probably like, oh, shit. I thought I put enough perfume on. But this guy
1: clearly thinks that I smell bad. So maybe I need to run through a bottle a month instead of every month and a half. I really hope it didn't have the opposite intended effect. And you'll think that I'm kidding about this because I get it. We will sometimes radio stories for entertainment value at one point. Swear on family's life. What, insert family name here's life. That's very sincere. <laughs> insert the family member. I would I would swear on that person's life that I, I did Your this. Your family member or mine? Uh, a family member. A family member. Okay, so I, swearing
0: on David Koresh's life here.
1: I don't want to say swear on my kid's life. That sounds terrible- when i say it out loud as i just did but i am to be honest (laughs) it was so bad that i was legitimately breaking wind last night after eating a hearty mexican meal which included some really delicious vinegary tortilla soup that unfortunately was only neutralizing the smell for like i don't know 30 seconds at most and then that perfume it's like it's grabbing hold of the fart cloud and just collapsing it and then it turns into more disgusting smelling perfume
0: you're out here blaming someone else for smelling bad when you're just ripping ass throughout the entirety of a movie
1: get out of here i was only doing it to try and neutralize the terrible (laughs) smell of the perfume I wouldn't have been doing that otherwise. I would have been walking to the bathroom like one normally does when they have to break smelly gas in front of a group of people. You walk away from the group of people. Everybody's parents taught them that when they were younger. I've That's had to my kids that.
0: You have no credibility on this story, dude. Blaming her for making you sick, even though you've been sick from something else all week, and then blaming her for smelling bad when you're ripping it. I wasn't,
1: I wasn't stopped up at all until after I left the theater. And only this morning was I not completely stopped up. Like you can still uh. hear it a little bit, but my body is still trying to recover from being choked out by her perfume. Man,
0: it's probably a bad time to tell you that I own like more than 50
1: colognes. Then you're, you're subtle. If you're being serious, yeah. you're subtle about it because there is a way to wear fragrances that you aren't putting other people out. Yeah. But, I don't know, eight to 10 spritzes. That's not the route. You do one on like a wrist and you rub it into your wrist and you maybe rub a little bit on your neck. I don't know. What does your cologne routine look like?
0: Not supposed to rub it because that actually ruins the smell. Oh. But I usually go, I usually go like two on the neck and one on the wrist. So three, maybe four sprays max.
1: Are you going full spritz or is it like tiny little spritz, tiny little spritz? Depends
0: on where I'm going. Okay. Like if, if I'm if I'm going on a date, if I'm going out to the bars, I'll put on a little bit more because I'm trying to impress women. But if I'm if I'm going to like work with you, then I'll just actually just eat a bunch of Taco Bell beforehand and call that my <laughs> cologne for the day. There you go. Hey, quick word for Covert BK. We'll be out there tomorrow. Derek Johnson. Yes, that Derek Johnson, the legendary lifetime longhorn and NFL all pro linebacker, will be with us 1230 to one, or excuse me, 12 to 1. And Trey and I will be broadcasting live from 12 to one out there at covert B cave. It's free lunch provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's. It is. Oh, did I do that? I sure didn't. I don't know.
1: I don't know who did that. We're back.
0: Okay. Someone's trying to get rid of us, I guess. I don't know. Uh, But it is time for us to go anyways, but covert B cave tomorrow. It will be there. Hope to see you there. Shout out to Ollie pop. Got the hat on. Shout out to all of our great sponsors. And shout out to you, Trey.
1: Great show, my friend. Great show to you, my friends.
0: Oh, look what Chip's got.
1: Oh, yeah.